song that I learned was was a, a children's um, chorus. <clears throat> Very simple and yet it's profound. Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. And you know, where would we be today if you did not experience the love of God in your life? And we thank the Lord that because of His love, see, God's love does not see color. Because God look at the heart of people. He does not see color. Um, Pastor John gave me a topic to talk about. About reclaiming our culture. Your culture. In my theological training. I was trained in a... Um, <coughs> mainly a white, conservative, evangelical theology. I um, went to Bible school in Three Hills, the south of Red Deer, for four years. Did my seminary training in Edmonton. But all in this conservative, middle class, white, evangelical theology. And as I was doing that, I tried to find inside of me some balance in some of the things that was going on because I grew up in, in a home where we, I never heard the word racism. And, and I didn't think it, it was a global problem because maybe the result of growing in a little island where you are all, you know, it's, I mean, this is a tiny little piece of rock that was just out there in the Pacific Ocean. So I grew up on there and I never thought that there was such a problem. There was a thing like, you know, I, I go to church, my parents take me to church there, and, uh, and then I have all of these respect for everybody, for every human being. Because I never came in direct, or this confrontation or direct face-to-face uh, with somebody who really didn't like me because of my color. So when I came to Bible school in Canada, I began to understand then because what was going on in my heart, I, was, I grew up in a home where, where uh, inclusiveness, you know, people just accept everybody. And I realized that I was actually trying to to make sense of my inner struggle to try to balance what I have always learned when I was growing up and the kind of things that I was watching when I was attending Bible school. Then after Bible school then I went and I passed in different churches all around Alberta and uh, then I began to realize all oh my 
th this is a bigger issue and I was dealing with people <clears throat> in the church and uh, and God began to, to, to do some incredible work in my life I'm just sharing with you a little bit of my journey especially in this term in this talk here this morning in terms of claiming our culture for Jesus Christ. You heard last week of the challenge from God's word, challenging us as a church to rediscover your plan for God and your purpose for Jesus Christ, because that's the only way that we can be. You know, I, I don't quite, like, yeah, the word dominate is our series, but lest you think that that is the leader dominating you, that that is not the idea here. I look at the series dominate, by using this, uh, an illustration of the light, the light that is just came and dominate the darkness and begin to bring light into a place that's, that is dark and to influence that and to be overcomers in those areas. So you're like a light uh, in your culture to come and do that. And so when Pastor John gave me this topic to talk about, <clears throat> Reclaiming our culture for Jesus. He probably knew because uh, he, he knows a little bit of my heart in this area because this has been a passion of mine. From my journey in the islands to Bible school in a white evangelical theology to white churches, that the churches that I have pastored. That this has been such a passion that God has put in my heart to see the churches of Jesus Christ truly reflect multiculturalism. By multiculturalism I mean this, a community of devoted followers of Jesus Christ where they embrace people of different cultures, lifting up the value of the beauty of their differentness and celebrating their uniqueness. You know, I was hearing that message and I realized that this was a struggle to herald this message to the Church of Jesus Christ in North America. I feel very passionate about this topic because I believe, ladies and gentlemen, that this is the heart of God that reflects this. I have stories from different people that have gone to churches but kicked out because of their color of the skin. And this is the church that say that Jesus loves us for the Bible tells us so. I realized when God put this passion inside of me many years back. I realize that this is not going to be easy. I realize that it's going to be a challenge. But I need to tell you that right from the beginning, this is God's heart. In Genesis chapter 1 verses 26 to 28, God said this, then God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, 
over the livestock and over the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. And so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. I look at this portion of scripture. I look at God the Father. Who basically is saying, that, listen. I enjoy this community that I am experiencing with God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. That this fellowship that we are experiencing in eternity. Let us ex extend this invitation. Let's create human beings so that they can come and be a part of this fellowship that we are experiencing. Of love. And inclusivity. And fellowship. We're all human beings. Even throughout the course of human history. Begin to understand that God continued to create an inclusive community of people that will love Him, that will enjoy the fellowship of this Trinitarian God. That was the reason why God created human beings. To invite them to experience this fellowship. And all throughout history, as God has since called Abraham, Abraham through you, that the whole nations will be blessed. And I ask myself the question, well, is there such a church that have happened? Where inclusivity has taken place, where people love each other, not because of the color of their skin, but because of the content and the character of their heart that God has touched their lives. I'm here, ladies and gentlemen, to tell you that there is such a church. You find that in the book of Acts. There is such a community. This was a multicultural church in the book of Acts. Through the power of the descendant Holy Spirit, people of different colors came together through divine integration. They begin to celebrate people from all cultures. They extend the hands of faith over the chasm of unbelief to those far from God. The word of God was so central in the teaching. And they presented that in a creative and a positive manner so they become a positive experience for the people that have attended that church. In Acts chapter 2 verses 42 to 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles teaching to fellowship. To the breaking of bread and to prayer. Mind you, this is a multicultural group. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold every, their property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts. They were praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. <laughs> it 
Let me share something that I saw in this portion of scripture. It's very interesting to me that in the book of Acts you find a church with this divine integration. But you can understand that this Acts 2 comes at the heel of Genesis chapter 11. Because in Genesis, Genesis chapter 11, you find instead of a divine integration in chapter 11 of Genesis, there was a divine segregation. And I tell you the how, because in Genesis chapter 11, we find this account of the Tower of Babel. They wanted to build a city with a tower that reaches to heaven so that they may make a name for themselves. And that they may be not scattered over the face of the earth. The very thing that they fear about this community that they were building was that they are not to be scattered. That they are to be together. Well, God saw the folly of human arrogance. And it must be restrained in the mind of God, otherwise that they would destroy themselves. In verse 7, Genesis chapter 11, it says this, Come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them, the very thing that they fear. The Lord scattered them from there over all the earth and they stopped building the city. Imagine God coming down and made some changes. A language change. Because you have to understand before the Tower of Babel, the people spoke one language. But because of human arrogance, God segregated the people and they spoke different languages. And not till you come to Acts chapter 2 that you find that the language is coming together again. From divine segregation to divine integration. And now they spoke one language. Do you know what that language is? In the book of Acts. No, it's not Tagalog. No, it's not Spanish. It's not Polynesian Maori. I tell you what that language is. That language is this. They all declared the wonders of God. That's the language. That they all declared the wonders and the praises of God. Let me tell you, this is the language of all believers, no matter what ethnic language, they were all declaring the praises of God. That's a church with one language. I mean, here at Mosaic, this is our desire that we embrace by lifting the value of our uniqueness and celebrate our diversities. See, people are often mistaken a multicultural church with a multicolored church. When they say they are a multicultural church, they're basically saying, Let's see all people with different colors. But they're not prepared to change their culture. I heard somebody said, you know what, why is it, 
you know, because the problem is that when you look into a multicultural, I have people talk to me, because I start sharing this passion, this vision, they say, you know what, uh, you're on your own on this one, because it's going to be difficult. I know it's a challenge. But I strongly believe that multiculturalism, because of the political noise we see it today, but multiculturalism will reflect the heart of God. Somebody said I was in a church with a multicultural, but you know why is it, Pastor Todd, that, that when we go to a multicultural church that one culture has to die? I look at them and I say, why is it that that culture has to die? Why not both cultures die? And I'm talking about the church who claimed the name of Jesus Christ. That we will come under one culture. Speaking one language, declaring the wonders of God. But this is what we desired in, here in Mosaic. To be a church reflecting that. To be a church where the word of God is so central in our teaching. But presented in a way that is creative and positive. You know, we've been talking, you know, I'm, I'm so proud of our team here tonight, this morning. We've been talking about different things in Elanium Lake. By the way, March the 29th, we're having another outreach in Frog Lake. And we're going to find and understand that it, when it comes to culture, you know, Pastor Mark was saying to me, why can't we look at some of our own First Nations culture and claim them for Jesus Christ? I said, Amen. Let's do it. And then we've been wondering about that. We've been looking at how we're going to integrate that in the way that there is teaching. And that is the reason why I said here at Mosaic, the word of God is so central in our teaching, but to be presented in a way that it expresses. Different ways when people come in, that they will understand, that they will know it's a positive experience because it becomes creative in our expression of the Word of God. You know, someday, I sit down, I often wonder, what would it be like for me just to hear and to see heaven smile at Mosaic? Where God looked down and said, you know what? That is a biblically functioning church. But there is a church. This is church. That is a biblically function. We are not perfect. I understand that. We have challenges here at Mosaic. Sometimes we don't have any clue how to solve them. But we have a vision that is so clear of who we are trying to become. That we are clear about reaching out to people far from God and turning them into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. That is who we are. You know, people often think, I've, I've seen that all around, and people often think, oh, no, I'm not attending Mosaic because it's a Filipino church. I mean, to tell you, this is not a Filipino church. And some people don't come here because it's a Filipino church. This is not a Filipino church. This is not a white church. But I tell you who we are. Let me tell you who Mosaic is. Who are we? 
We are a multicultural army of fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ who are moving forward in unity and love to reach our community, our culture, and our world for Jesus Christ. Amen. If you believe that, say amen. who we are ladies and gentlemen and the way we do this is by building into one another as we build bridges into our community and then we have one language and that language is declaring the wonders and the praises of God <coughs> and as a multicultural army of fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ folks I ask you to embrace the true culture that Jesus desires for his church and let us reclaim our individual culture that each one of us that bring to the table. Use them for the glory of God. As I was talking to Pastor Martin to say, how can we do that? I said, we need some teaching to your people. Because enough of Satan taking our individual cultures and use it for his own gain. We need to seek the Lord and ask for wisdom. How we can take our own cultures. You know, I never thought that I would see the day when I was growing up in the islands because dancing was not even, a, you know, there was any remote, you know, uh, opportunity that you'll see. But then when uh, some Christian group that came to the, to the islands and they begin to look at our culture, and they begin to take some of our, because my culture is a culture of dancing and we communicate through that way. And they begin to take a lot of some of that and they begin to use it and they're saying, instead of now using it to glorify, you know, the, 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 the God of this world, that we are taking our culture and our dance and we're offering it for the glory of God. And you see them dancing for the Lord. Well, you can't use that word. How many of you love dancing? See, the, the, how many of you love to lift your hands up? <laughs> I know if you if you have if you lift your hand half you're a Baptist. <laughs> you know, Baptist is do this and, and I better not. Is this thing being taped? <laughs> You know how a Baptist dance? They just wiggle their toes. I'm dancing right now. Dance for the Lord. Amen. 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 Fine. Get into the place where you can learn. Give me the wisdom to see. Because there's so many things in this world that is attributed to the God of this world. There are things in this world that you have the rightful position to claim it back for Jesus Christ. Use it for his glory. Now I'm just beginning to preach. <laughs> Let me just give you something from the passage that John gave me in Galatians chapter 3 verses 26 to 29. This is a powerful verses. Listen to, to God's word. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God. How? Through faith in Jesus Christ, for all of you who have baptized into Christ have 
clothe yourself with Christ, you have now a new existence. You have now a new environment, a new culture has begun. A new page is turned in the book. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed, and you are heirs according to the promise. That was a powerful, deep word from the scriptures. Let's just pause and pray. Like I said, I'm just beginning to preach. Let's pray. Father, we're so grateful to be in your presence and in this place. Thank you for every blessing that you have poured out on this family. I ask that we turn to your word that you give us extra attention, extra perception to really hear what you will tell us this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you know, in the book of Galatians, Paul came to that church and he wrote to the church and Christians because there's some people in that church that were teaching something that, that the gospel was not teaching. There were people called the Judaizers who were coming into the church in Galatia and teaching that go ahead and believe in Jesus Christ. That's great. Tech. That's one. But you must also obey the law in order for you to be a Christian. And Paul has to come and Paul has to straighten out this erroneous teaching given by the Judaizers and expose it. He said that to be a Christian, yes, you must put your faith in Jesus Christ, but in Him alone. The obedience comes after. In doing what God is, but you got to do what you need to do. It's not Jesus plus. It's Jesus alone. It is Him alone. Our salvation is not based on what do we do. You know, because these Judaizers were saying that go ahead and, and, and believe in Jesus, but you've got to be circumcised as well. So that you can be fully endorsed into being a child of God. That's not what the scriptures say. Because your salvation is based not on what you do. Your salvation is based on what Jesus Christ did on the cross at Calvary. And when one becomes a Christian, he enters into a new existence. Everything changes. By this time, you possess a brand new mindset. A brand new culture has taken place. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. A new culture has begun. And here Paul was reminding the Galatian church that you who are all under God himself through faith in Jesus Christ understand who you are. We ask you this morning, do you know who you really are? Who are you? Because it's so important to understand who you are because it will reflect on how you can express and live your life. <coughs> if you are a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ, then you embrace people of every culture. 
And I'm not saying that you endorse everything. I'm not, you understand me there. We need to understand that. You see what you believe. That my prayer is that as we go through the word of God, that you will hear God's spirit and you will really embrace and believe what God says who you really are. You are a brand new person with a brand new culture that you follow. Galatians chapter 3 verses 26 to 29 is a reminder, a powerful reminder by Paul to the Christians that you are all children of God through faith. You are heirs of the promise given to Abraham. That is who you are. Therefore he reminded them of this two very important truths, and I want to quickly give them to you, that reflects who you are in your new existence, in your new life in Jesus Christ. Here's the first thing, the first reflection of this new existence is that you have a new culture. In Christ Jesus you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who are baptized in Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. You know what does it mean to clothe yourself with Christ? This is a metaphor that is used in the Old Testament for a new garment. Symbolizing of course a person's change have taken place, a new existence have taken place. So there is an old clothes that has been changed for a new one. Representing an inward and a spiritual change. In Isaiah chapter 61 verse 10, Isaiah said that the Lord is clothing you with the garment of salvation. In Zechariah chapter 3 verse 3, the Lord said, I will put rich garments on you. So when Paul said that you have clothed yourself with Christ, that the new chains have taken place, that there is this garment that you put on, it implies the fact that now, in this new culture, you have a new identity. <coughs> you know, you can always... This week I went out for a coffee with a, with a policeman. And of course people see that when you see, because how do you know that that person is a policeman? By the uniform that they wear, right? And, and people are often identified, you know, by way of the profession. Just look at the uniform and the clothes that they wear. And when you become a Christian, everything changes. You actually take up residence in Jesus Christ. Your identity changes. As a church, we want to move away from ourselves and move into a new identity with Jesus Christ, ladies and gentlemen. A new identity with Christ. We take on a new culture. You are no longer belonging to yourself. You are by faith joined to Jesus Christ. That means if Jesus has died, you die. That means if Jesus rose again, he rose. That means if Jesus lived, you live. That means if Jesus see the end of the, at the end of the tunnel, you see the light at the end of the tunnel. Are you following me? That's what it means to be identified with Jesus Christ. If Jesus can hold on to hope, you can hold on to hope. That is your new identity. 
If he can see the light in the dark, you can see the light in the dark. If he can, you can. And I encourage you to embrace the culture of your new identity. Of your new identity. It does not matter the color of your skin or the ethnicity that you represent. We live in a fragmented, difficult, strange world today. I feel like what the Lord was thinking when he looked at this human being, the human arrogance of building this tower towards heaven so they can make a name for themselves. I feel like sitting beside God and God is saying, you know what, if I don't come down, of all things, it's just that picture of God who's the creator, he came down, he chose to come down. He said, if I don't come down, these people will destroy themselves. That's what the word said. We're heading to the place now, if all not, the great uncertainties in the future that we, we live in this world. You got children, you will have great grandchildren. What would that future look like? That is the reason why I say here at Mosaic, make sure you find your identity in Christ. Find it in Him. And the last point is not only that you have a new culture that reflects this new identity, that this new position, that new culture. Secondly and lastly, that equality in Christ Jesus. That is what it means to clothe yourself. To clothe yourself not only means that you have a new culture. To clothe yourself means to see others that is equal. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free. Nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. I love that part. You are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and theirs according to the promise. Paul said that we are all equal. That promise is available to all of us, folks, regardless of race, regardless of gender, regardless of class, socioeconomic status. We are all equal. You see, if you were a member of the Galatian church, there are only two groups of people there. The Jew and everybody else. All non-Jews are called the Gentiles and they are the have-nots and the Jews are the haves. You know, you sit beside the Jew, Yes, how old did you pray? I thank you, God, that you did not create me a Gentile. You did not create me a slave. You did not create me a woman. A Jew will pray, thank God for making me a man, for making me a Jew, and for setting me free. And Paul made it so clear that in Christ that there is no ethnic diversities. There are no racial differences. You remember the I Have a Dream speech by Martin Luther King. I have a dream.
dream that my four children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Do you know the tone of that speech alone reflects Galatians chapter 3, 26 to 29. That's what that is. And I'm here to share with you, ladies and gentlemen, this passion inside of me that there's absolutely no discrimination within the four walls of the church. That should not be. And you know as well as I, I, I know that discrimination creates division. And division hurts and it destroys the church. And it weakens the body. So if somebody come and tell you that this is a Filipino church or this is a, you know, a white church or whatever, say no, this is a, a, an army of a fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ on the move to accomplish the vision that God has called us to do. Because someday we're going to stand before God. How? As individuals? No, as equals. As equals. Therefore, all of our cultural distinctions must submit under the culture of a new identity in Jesus Christ. When you clothe yourself in Christ, embrace an absolutely new culture and identity. And every culture that is represented here must submit to the Lordship and to the Kingship of Jesus Christ. As we take on kingdom culture and as we develop kingdom mindset. That is all what we're trying to say about Mosaic. To develop a kingdom culture and a kingdom mindset. That's basically the summary of this part. Embrace a culture that reflects your identity. If you are here at Mosaic, embrace that culture. The culture of growing in God. Expressing your love in this community to people far from God. Honor the Lord. Honor the Lord with your giving. Be a, be a generous. That's part of the new culture. Be generous in, your, in, in what God has given you. Be a tither. Serve with a servant's heart. Embrace this kingdom culture that reflects not only your identity, but a culture of integration and not segregation. Because that's what God wants us to be.